My name is Amy Abraham, and I am the host of the Bliss Podcast. Each episode will feature ways to find wellness and happiness in your life. We will explore different trends and approaches that support a positive well-being of the whole person, mind, body, and soul. With each interesting topic, I will be interviewing experts within that field as well as adding my own personal experiences. If you're looking for more happiness in your life, Bliss is the podcast for you. Hello, listeners, and welcome to 2020. As we kick off the new year, I have a great episode to help you get started on eating a healthy diet. In this episode, I chat with Dr. Jen Ju, a primary physician, about mindful nutrition. We discuss how finding a diet that works for you can increase your overall health. Enjoy! Welcome to the Bliss Podcast, Dr. Ju. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so happy you're here. To get started, tell us about your professional journey as a primary care physician. So I attended a six-year pre-med medical program. I went to Penn State for two years, got my undergrad, and then went to Jefferson Medical College in Philadelphia for the remaining four years. And Jefferson Medical College has a really strong primary care you know, background. And so, you know, when I was there, I volunteered in in homeless shelters and really had some great experiences with the family medicine department there. And I thought, you know, of all the different fields you can go go into, you know, Mm -hmm. what is a field that you can really make an impact most broadly across entire, you know, lifespan? Mm. And not only that, how much more you know, richer can your treatment be if you understand even the family social dynamics and you have that opportunity because you can treat kids as well as adults. Right. So you see the whole whole spectrum and all the highs and lows of their life feel like you can be there. So after that, I went to Brown and I did my family medicine residency there. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got married. <laughs> my husband is from Connecticut. So that's how I ended up here and having a primary care practice in Bridgeport. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So I'm really lucky to be able to sit with a doctor and to ask you all of these questions. And I hope that listeners, I'm asking the questions that you want to hear. But tell us all the diet secrets. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about mindful nutrition. And um, a lot of people just want to know about diet and what should I be eating? What should I not be eating? There's a lot um, about plant-based diets, keto, paleo, if you could just speak to to those uh, different diets or what you think is best. or Sure. And so one of the things with mindful nutrition, or I guess several of the things, is the kind of looking at this from like almost a what you eat, when you eat, why, and like how much, right? Mm-hmm. And that really encompasses all of the mindfulness. And so in some of the presentations I just recently gave on mindful nutrition, I said the, the key is is really not the one step or one size fits all okay you know mm-hmm. so that's why some people will say well you know i noticed you know weight watchers work for this person keto works for this person mm-hmm. what about paleo or vegan and it's because you know we still haven't gotten to the point in medicine where we're truly individualizing mm. whether it's prescriptions or let, let alone nutrition so some people might be faster at metabolizing like protein or more efficient at, with protein some of them might be more efficient with like carbs or mm-hmm. fats and that's why some people might do very well on a relatively higher carb but vegan diet Mm. but 
Others may not do well with that or feel sluggish or what have you and need a more high protein kind of keto paleo diet. I would say that sometimes with the keto diet, one concern is how sustainable it it is Mm. because it is um, eliminating a lot of food groups or drastically reducing them. And so you do have to be mindful that maybe in certain situations, whether it's that or being vegan, where you would have to use judicious use of supplements mm-hmm. to be able to maybe round out what might be missing for a more, you know, balanced diet. Right. So I think, no, I was just going to yeah. say that um, thinking about a lot of people say, oh, whatever works for you. And I think that sometimes that gets tossed around as an excuse. Yes. But this, you're, you know, you are saying that it is whatever works for you. It is. And the key here with the mindfulness piece is really paying attention to how your body feels and, and, and responds. Mm-hmm. So part of that is like, so if you notice that you're saying, okay, I want to eat um, uh, a high you know, protein, maybe high fat kind of, you know, keto diet, mm-hmm. but I'm feeling sluggish. I'm not feeling well. Maybe if you do have some weight that you want to lose to be at a weight that's more consistent with a, you know, healthy weight range and it's not budging. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's something right there. Right. Uh, other people might be needing to keep be mindful of food intolerances, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. if you're um, a vegan, for example, and you have a, a strong gluten insensitivity or soy insensitivity maybe you have a sensitivity to nightshade you know like eggplant or what mm-hmm. have you so then that's not going to work it's, for you yeah it may be much more challenging i mean <laughs> yeah. of course you might be able to eat rice or other non-gluten grains right but, you know or maybe you have an issue with what they call the fodmaps which looks at the different like oligosaccharides and people have, like apples for example mm-hmm. mangoes pears watermelon okay. asparagus beets i mean those are all foods which are they do have a high nutritional benefit, but they also might cause a food sensitivity. So I think that depending on if you're you know, choosing um, a diet or a food plan based on, A, what are your results? Like when you do cut out carbs, like do you find that you have more mental clarity? Do you feel like you have less bloating? Do you mm. feel like you have, um, that you're hungry less and then you're losing weight and you don't notice that you're having any intolerance to any of the, uh, of the foods? Like some people do have, you know, um, intolerance to like eggs, mm-hmm. um, egg yolks or egg whites. So if you're relying on that very heavily in like a paleo or a keto diet, but then it's causing other symptoms, right? you know, sluggishness, constipation, diarrhea, rashes. Mm-hmm. So you're going to kind of have to, that's like really, really the mindfulness piece comes in. Great. You know, so. Thank you for clearing oh, that up yeah, for us. No, you're welcome. <laughs> um, what about intermittent fasting? Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. So intermittent fasting, I mean, there's so many versions of that that you can see on, on the internet. And some of them might involve going the whole day without eating. Some of them may involve, you know, restricting for calories to say 500 for the entire day. But basically, one of the goals of the intermittent fasting is get your body to produce ketones. Okay. So, and... One of the some of the benefits of the intermittent fasting is that well the ketones that are being produced um, can be something that's easier, more readily available, easier to use source of fuel for your brain. So okay. sometimes some people with some cognitive or you know neurological issues find that they perform better when they have a diet you know, or intermittent fasting specifically that produces ketones. So okay. to take a step back. Um, your body is smart and efficient. So if there is a readily available, you know, food source, carbohydrate, what have you, 
it's going to use that, break it down um, into glucose and use it just to operate, you know, regular you know, business of being alive, you know, breathing, mm-hmm. digestion, your immune system, all of that, let alone exercise and the other things that you do to get through the day. So if you go at least 12 hours without eating something, or let's say you're drinking um, only water or maybe, say, coffee without, you know, black mm-hmm. or tea, your body is still going to need fuel to run its daily operations, but it doesn't have food to turn to, so it will start to break down fat. And when you break down that fat, it turns into ketones. Okay. And then the ketones can be used to fuel your entire body, but in particular, the brain seems to really like the ketones, especially as we get older for a, a fuel source. So oftentimes people will say, you know, not only did I, I find I lost a, a little bit of, of weight there, but I found that my, my thinking was clearer, mm. I had more energy. Um, with the intermittent fasting, oftentimes people will, well, there will be like an adjustment of like leptin and other kind of um, substances that our brain makes that helps regulate hunger okay. and food cravings. So um, a healthier balance is obtained usually when you do have the intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. It also improves your body's ability to use insulin more effectively. Wow. So insulin is something that our body makes, our pancreas specifically, so that we can effectively utilize the glucose you know, from our foods right. and you put it into the cells and the tissues where it's needed, not mm-hmm. out in the bloodstream where you have uncontrolled high blood sugars and the, hmm. Let's say, for example, with diabetes, and then it causes vascular and you know nerve problems and and so on and so forth. So, uh, intermittent fasting they've seen actually improves how uh, effectively your body can use the insulin, make, make it effective. Wow. So, is this something you would recommend for somebody who's trying to lose a little bit of weight? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people really do find. I mean, part of it I think is because of the. Um, you know, the, there's reduced calories, right? I mean, so if you're okay. used to eating until like 10 or 11 p.m. or mm-hmm. whatever, and you stop eating at 6 p.m., and maybe normally you would have been sitting in front of TV with a bowl of ice cream and some pretzels and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. and you're like, well, that would have been like 600 calories, so there right. is that part too, but there's also the specific act of it takes more energy to burn fat, and your okay. body is burning the fat when it's in the intermittent fasting, which is a minimum of 12 hours mode. So it's burning the fat, which in and of itself is going to require calories right right and you're burning your own body fat you know as well so there's that part too and because the way it kind of affects um the production of leptin and these other substances that help us regulate hunger you know Mm -hmm. and these different cravings i think that during the rest of the day when you are eating you may tend to not go after some of the higher sugar food so it affects it on that end as well oh wow that's great Thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so I recently read online that caffeine doesn't dehydrate you, but I always thought it did. Um, so can you speak to that a little bit yeah. about, you know, drinking coffee and caffeine or having caffeine with tea? Um, does it di- does it really dehydrate you? Yeah, caffeine is a diuretic. So I was a little surprised mm-hmm. to hear that, you know, it's not dehydrating. I mean, there is, you know, liquid, right? So it's right. water, but overall, it tends to be more of a diuretic. So I think okay. that when you are drinking something with caffeine, you're going to want to also be mindful that you're having some of the non-dehydrating or non-diuretic you know, substances that make you lose water. So, yeah, no, definitely caffeine can be. (laughs) That's proof, friends, that you can't believe everything you read online. 
Um, so speaking of water, mm-hmm. can you give us some ideas or tips on how much water we should be drinking and why drinking water is important? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of times people will say, oh, you know, it's, drinking water is overrated. You'll see a lot of the naysayers and stuff oh like gosh. that online. And yeah. I would say, you know, at least kind of, you know, half your body weight you know, in, in ounces, okay. you know, and certainly more if you're, you know, out, like, let's say you're just walking outside gardening and you're losing a lot of, you know, um, fluids that way, if you're doing like, you know, hot yoga or any mm-hmm. kind of exercise where you are sweating, you're going to want to at least, you know, replenish, you know, those fluids in another eight, 12 ounces or so. Okay. But I would say generally at least, you know, half your, your body weight. So, you know, if you're a 120 pound woman, you might want to get at least 60 um, ounces of, mm-hmm. of fluids in. And I, I do know that there is water content in vegetables and fruit and stuff, but, but I'm saying specifically want- water. Okay. And it's important because it does, you know, hydrate your skin. Mm-hmm. It does, um, help you know flush out um, toxins and then right. not only that but I think a lot of times people confuse hunger and thirst mm. you know yep. so if you're staying hydrated then at least it makes it more clear-cut like if I'm hungry then I am actually, actually hungry, hungry and I should feed myself versus right. like maybe I really am thirsty yeah I always do that I'm like oh you know I just ate like two hours ago I'm probably just thirsty let me grab some water absolutely yeah. and by the time you're actually thirsty you are dehydrated so you mm. want to kind of stay hydrated to the point that you don't really notice the thirst. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. As a physician, you probably recommend staying away from fast foods and Mm -hmm. sodas. Can you give some, some, um, ideas about why that, why people should stay away from processed foods and fast food and sodas? Yeah. The junk food. (laughs) Junk food, right? Because a lot of the, the the fast foods, um, and, and junk foods have a lot of, you know, the chemicals, right? Okay. And these chemicals and artificial colors and things can definitely, you know, disrupt your overall health because it's just, it's toxic, right? It's mm-hmm. not natural. Um, a lot of them have empty calories. A lot of them are way too high in saturated fat okay. um, and trans fat. The two fats you want to avoid, um, in, especially the trans fat, which is the worst for like cardiovascular health. Okay. Um, you're going to want to avoid the sodium. Um, the sodium content can be, you know, sky high. So mm. even like uh, someone said, well, you know, Subway's a, a better choice than McDonald's. If I get mm-hmm. like a six inch uh, meatball sub with, you know, make sure I pile it high with vegetables and stuff. Like, yeah. you know, it's not the best choice, but it, it's pretty healthy. Right. And I'm right. like, well, it has, I think, about 1500 some milligrams of sodium right there in a six inch sub so if you had that with some even like baked chips or you put Mm. some condiments like ketchup or mustard like it all adds up Mm -hmm. and so a lot of those processed foods unfortunately have um you know uh, a lot of uh, chemicals that can cause you know bloating can also cause you know inflammation in the mm-hmm. body, they're um, they're not high in macronutrients, right. which are really important for sustaining mm-hmm. health and growth. Right. Um, and they're way too high in the in the fats and sodium and sugar usually. Yeah, I think that um, in my in my head, I was just thinking like it's just empty empty calories. Like you're eating to you know satisfy that satisfy that hunger craving, but you're actually still you know you're not really feeding your body with nutrients that you actually need. Exactly, exactly. So, like yeah. sometimes like you hear stories or like you remember Jared or whatever he's kind of controversial. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. He, but but in Subway, right? Like he mm. lost weight from eating a Subway sandwich. Like and I think that was more portion control in calories. And yeah. so oftentimes when I talk about mindful nutrition 
try to get away from like the calories because you know every you know, of course everything in moderation even with yeah. healthy foods like you should you know stop eating when you're not hungry like yes um and pay attention to how it makes you feel like you know some people are like you know i don't get it like i eat you know artichokes or asparagus or i have avocado these are all healthy foods but i just mm. have bloating or rashes mm. and i'm like well that healthy food it is a healthy macro nutrient rich food but you obviously have a reaction to it right you know, for whatever reason, maybe leaky gut or what have you. Yeah. What would you recommend? Maybe like journaling yes. after some foods that you've eaten? I would have people write down, um, a, you know, pretty comprehensive, not only food diary, but a mood and overall symptoms like diary. Okay. So if you, and what you eat today, let's say like on a, on a, on a Monday or a Tuesday might still be in your system <clears throat> or in any kind of inflammatory aftermarkers oh. even a month afterwards. So some people, like I gave up gluten for a week and I, you know, and I don't notice a difference. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't that. Mm. Like, how do I determine? Gluten stays in your body for how long? Um, any of those kind of foods can stay up to a month, especially if you have wow. a slow digestion. That's, I don't think a lot of people know that. No. So yeah. to really like to eliminate something, eliminate it for a good four weeks, a minimum of two, but sometimes you won't know for sure. So, wow. you know, and then sometimes if you're eating food that has multiple ingredients, once again, how would you know? Like, exactly. is it, you reacting to the pizza because of the dairy or because of the wheat right. or maybe the tomato as, a, as also a nightshade plant? Like, what are you? Wow. Is there onion? <laughs> is there garlic? Like, what's on your oh pizza? Like, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Like, it tastes good, but hmm. Right, exactly. Right. So it could be multiple of those things. So keeping that kind of symptom diary and be like, huh, is there any relationship, like, to what I'm eating in terms of, like, rashes? You know, mm. joint pain, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, wow. um, acid reflux, you know, migraines, you know, some like wines and HTs can mm -hmm. trigger migraines, you know, is there anything um, that I notice, you know, does my skin break out? How, what, what is going on with my, right. with my body, you know, do I feel sluggish, you know, low energy, like sometimes you'll notice mm -hmm. these different changes. And then if you do notice a pattern or you're like, I don't know what the pattern is, but I've been writing stuff down <laughs> and I notice like I, I feel yeah. a little bit unwell, like not horrible. I'm like working, I'm functioning, yeah. as, you know, you're like, not at your optimal health. Exactly. Yeah. Then you may want to try to say, let me see if I can remove some of the, the biggest offenders, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. in terms of what's uh, very commonly you know, anti-inflammatory. Right. And some people will say, I'm going to start basic. I'm going to give up like gluten, dairy, sugar right you know those are big those are big yeah you know even soy hard. sauce has gluten in it yeah Most people are like i had sushi there's no you know wheat but yeah. i'm like the soy sauce, the soy yeah. sauce. You're like, i know. Oh, no. so again like to be able to and then and track and some people will even go even further and they'll really eliminate a lot of different foods and be like really basic and then mm -hmm. for a whole month almost like a cleanse yep and then slowly yeah, introduce uh, and yeah. be like every time like do I I'm a, I'm a, do I feel good during the cleanse yes okay so if I introduce this food over the next two to three weeks four weeks yeah do I still feel good yes okay, okay. so maybe I, I can put a check mark like probably safe let right. me add another food and so it is an exhaustive process but it's mm -hmm. something that's doable that doesn't have to cost a lot of money right you know some people will get like food insensitivity uh you know panels you know okay. yeah. um through uh you know different laboratory specialty laboratories kind of mail away type of stuff but okay. that can be sometimes you know 200 to several hundred dollars so oh. would you say that those are accurate yeah Generally. actually mm -hmm. yeah and they're looking for just again this not necessarily like uh you know anaphylactic like i have a peanut allergy per right. se but right. you know more like you know do i have this a slight insensitivity to a food mm -hmm. either because maybe 
the your you have a leaky gut, for example. Yeah. And the leaky gut has caused you to be, kind of be sensitive to those mm-hmm. foods, or maybe that's something that you just have always been sensitive to. Right. But I would say that anyone who has bloating, um, constipation, diarrhea probably has some level of leaky gut like you probably don't need to um order you know expensive testing just to to say to right. diagnose that but then you know, the key is what is it mm-hmm. you know, what's causing it and you can either do that through being you know, being mindfully recording like in a journal like not only what you're eating but how you're feeling yeah and any kind of unwanted symptoms you know right right um and then seeing if there's a difference or a pattern you know yeah and right. then moving forward from there. Exactly. Would you recommend that somebody would do this on their own, or would they, do they need support? Yeah, you know what? Oftentimes, um, people will need a little bit more guidance. So some people will go to like a functional medicine or a naturopath physician if they have a primary care doctor who's a little bit you know more open minded. They can go there. But honestly, there's uh, you know resources online, and people can be kind of their own detective because really the 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 litmus test is how do I feel. Mm. You know? Okay. Yeah. And what might work for you may not work for someone else. Like some people can eat like gluten and it's not a big de- a deal, but right. they may have an issue every time they have, I don't know, like I said, the nightshade plants or if they right. have watermelon or they have something that is you know, higher in fructose, even if it's a healthy option. Right. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Thank <clears throat> you for sharing yeah. that. So tell us about eating soy and um is it bad for you as a woman or a man if you could speak to that yeah thanks so soy uh, um <clears throat> has been so genetically modified mm-hmm. that um i don't think the soy is the same as a soy from a couple hundred years ago and so i think people are kind of responding to this altered version in a, in a negative way and Although soy in general does have a lot of benefits, I think that for some women who are concerned about, you know, estrogen kind of um, responsive cancers, they are very careful to, you know, limit their soy to maybe only a serving or so um, a a week. You know, right now, no, I don't think any oncologists are saying, coming right out of the the American Cancer Society saying you must avoid all soy if you've had, say, breast cancer or ovarian cancer that is, you know, estrogen responsive. But Mm -hmm. um, the soy is kind of the natural or phytoestrogen. So in general, I think like everything in moderation, a couple servings, a week, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some tofu there, maybe some edamame beans, maybe some soy milk, probably okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, separate from the whole question of the effects of, you know, the phytoestrogen or the natural estrogen, if you're noticing issues with any kind of GI symptoms or mm-hmm. aches or pains or rashes, that might be one of the things to remove from the diet because some people are just sensitive to it now, mm-hmm. especially since it's been so heavily modified. Is that similar to gluten, how it's been heavily modified? Yes. Exactly. I don't yeah. think as many people had gluten allergies or issues a couple hundred years ago. And it's right. also you know, much more heavily processed and there's a lot of preservatives. So, yeah. you know, who knows how much of it is from the pure gluten or the combination of that with what's in the bread. I mean, a couple, you know, a couple hundred years ago, if someone in your family made bread, it probably would have gone stale in a couple of days. Yeah. Like, here, bread can last for weeks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, be perfectly, you know, edible. So. Yeah, right, and still feel like it's fresh. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's definitely not fresh. Definitely not fresh. <laughs> it's been around the block way too long. Yes. <laughs> 2020 is here, listeners. Back in December, I hosted a goal-setting workshop called Vision 2020. The event was such a success, I decided to host the event again this month. If you missed December's Vision 2020, don't fret. 
You can join me on Tuesday, January 28th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Bohemian High in Milford. At Vision 2020, you will be introduced and brought through a detailed goal-setting guide to assist you in creating a perfect goal for you. Your goal will be packed with action steps and tools to overcome obstacles and fears. Because what you see is what you think about, we will end our session with vision board making. To learn more about this event, you can visit my website at amyabraham.com backslash events. Vision 2020, January 28th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Bohemian High in Milford. Be sure to tell your friends about it and invite them too. How does diet affect a person's sleep? Okay, that's a great question. So when you're, if you're eating kind of late at night, and you're, it takes a, quite a bit to digest food. So mm-hmm. especially if you're eating new kind of really heavy foods um, that take a lot of energy to digest, that can affect your ability to kind of sleep. How long does it take about? I'd say at least you know, leave a couple hours okay. you know, after eating or time it. So like when you know your bedtime and try not to eat at least a couple hours before that. I mean, even longer, obviously, if you're doing intermittent fasting, but even without, like yeah. I wouldn't just plan on eating a really heavy meal and then going straight to sleep right right I can do that right you can yeah (laughs) I'll eat dinner sometimes if it's too late and I'll go into bed and um you know this is not often but if if it does happen and Nick's like well I gotta stay on the couch he's like I gotta sit up I can't go to sleep yet I can go to sleep easily yeah okay so to that point a lot of people not good for me I'm sure but well, you know, some people can, um, yeah. it, it doesn't bother them as much. Or if you have heartburn or reflux and you've mm-hmm. eaten you know, kind of a bigger meal and then you're going to lie completely flat in bed. <laughs> so like Nick yeah. is like sitting up, like, you know, that's what people would do just to yeah. kind of manage that all that reflux doesn't come up. <laughs> right. Any specific types of foods you think that might help someone relax or, you know, the type of food maybe they could eat a couple hours before they go to sleep? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, I guess, assuming that you're, not a vegetarian or whatever, mm-hmm. a vegan, like, you know, turkey has some natural tryptophan, so, mm-hmm. um, or assuming that you don't have any kind of, you know, dairy allergy, like, you know, the milk, the turkey kind of yeah. do tend to be a little bit more, you know, soothing, soothing sedating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll want to avoid any foods that are going to cause, you know, the acid reflux, even if it's a couple hours later, because your body is still yeah. you know, processing that. Anything that's really heavy um, and hard to digest, you know, stay away from something, maybe light like a Mm -hmm. meal with some vegetables, um, uh, maybe some like nice common kind of soup with maybe Mm. unless you, you know, have an issue with the gluten, gluten allergy, but you could have some noodles or something kind of, you know, you know, comforting like that because carbs also are a little bit of a a comfort food, but again, you want to do smarter carbs, you know, whole grains. Um, but people will eat something light. Matter of fact, they'll say that probably the best time of day to eat your heaviest meal is probably at uh, the, the midday meal. Oh, okay. You know? And yeah. then have a light meal. Um, For at, at evening. D- yeah, evening. And Which then... is the opposite of our culture. Right, yeah. exactly. Because if mm-hmm. anything, we're having this huge meal, and then depending on how late it is when you come home from work, right? then we're eating this the, our biggest meal of the day, and then we need to go to sleep a couple we're hours. We're going to go to sleep. Yeah. yeah, right? See how that goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't always work that well, yeah, right? No. So. <laughs> Could you give us some advice about shopping at the grocery store? some aisles to avoid or some labels to avoid, some things to look for? Yeah, great question. So, um, you know, I just, when I was giving a presentation recently, I, I had a picture of like this Lucky Charms box because mm-hmm. they're like, it's a whole grain food made from whole grains mm. and it's low sodium and it is low in, you know, low fat food and low cholesterol. And each of those claims, you know, are true. 
However, it's, and we wouldn't call it a health food, like all those artificial colors, the sugar content, etc. Right. So in general, staying on that outside of the grocery store, like where the produce section and the fresh foods mm-hmm. is going to be your best bet. If it's something that is spraying from the earth and <laughs> needs some refrigeration usually, you know, usually some of your healthier options. Okay. You know? When you look at... Um, Foods that say, you know, uh, like, okay, Greek yogurt is good, but you're getting Greek yogurt with fruit in the bottom. And if you look Mm. at the labels, it's all about reading the labels, and it has like 18 grams of sugar, and maybe you only wanted to, the recommended amount of, say, 25 grams of sugar a day, Mm. and you're having a cup of yogurt with 18 grams of sugar, you know, that's a lot. Or people are like, I'm going to have a power bar, I'm going to have a protein bar, it's going to be healthier than me you know, eating, um, you know, a, a Snickers, right? right? But some of those, you know, power bars or, you know, any kind of like, say, protein bar, right. some of them have like 30 grams of sugar. It's like more than soda. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know? And so it's, so you read know, the labels. Read the labels yep. is really important. Realize kind of what your goals are. So if you're going, say, for sugar and you want to have a low sugar diet, separate from even keto or paleo, just because, mm. you know, we know that sugar is inflammatory mm-hmm. um, and not, you know, good for you and not only for, just for body fat, but what it does inside and, you know, risk for diabetes and whatnot. Yep. So 25 grams, I mean, a glass of juice is 20 grams. Wow. So you're almost there, let alone any other, you know, sweet there. Or I mean, I had uh, Greek yogurt with fruit in the bottom, again, that had a lot of sugar. I had a power bar, like that was healthier. It had tons of sugar in it. Wow. You know, sodium. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, uh, in one of the talks I pointed out, like one munchkin is like 80 milligrams of sodium, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're eating, say, like three or four munchkins. Yeah, who just has one? Right, no, yeah, yeah, one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, they're small, like exactly. five. Exactly, right? So that's what <laughs> Marketing strategy. Do. Right, right. Yeah. So you have, like, say, five munchkins, you're at 400 milligrams, and if you're trying to stay, like, say in the low end on say 1500 milligrams of sodium you've almost you know blown almost a third of your daily sodium on five munchkins that don't even taste salty so right. yeah you know, <laughs> That's a good you know point. You're like oh yeah. my gosh you know so yeah. being aware of the labels being like okay i know what my goals are i don't want to go over say 1500 or 2000 milligrams of sodium mm-hmm. i don't want to go over 25 milligrams of of sugar right mm-hmm. and most of the times like if you are eating like say half of what you eat is like vegetables again as long as like you don't find any kind of reaction right. to them right yeah but if you eat half of what you're eating is is vegetables and then the other quarter is some sort of lean, lean protein be it animal based or like you know beans or what have you mm-hmm. and then the other quarter if you're not particularly carb restricting is like a healthy carb like you know quinoa yeah you know then you're going to be you're going to be able to fall you know, under those, you know, uh, 1,500 milligrams of sodium and mm-hmm. the 25, uh, you know, grams of sugar. It's like more the, um, it's more the processed foods, the snack foods, things that come yep. in a wrapper yes. in a can yep. that don't require refrigeration yeah. that are going to be where you have to be particularly mindful, you know. And when people are... Um, talking about organic, you know, foods, mm. you know, th- th- you know, this time, you know, I know a lot of people maybe in the traditional medical community might disagree, but a lot of people um, who have the genes that predispose them to autoimmune uh, illnesses okay. or maybe cancers or other kind of neurodegenerative illnesses, yeah. those chemicals and pesticides and, and other, you know, modifications can sometimes adversely kind of trigger yeah. and activate some of the the DNA that maybe we'd rather keep quiet, the more okay. disease-producing DNA. So, hmm. um, you know, we say we can't control the cards that were, you know, dealt, but we right. can control how we play them. Exactly. So do we want to kind of activate, you know, um, or trigger a process of inflammation that might 
trigger the expression of some genes mm-hmm. that might lead to certain illnesses. So uh, as much as possible, you know, if you can, you know, stick with organic foods, great. I mean, the cheapest thing is, although it's time um, dependent, is growing your own food, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a packet yeah. of seeds or even buying the little plants already started. Yeah. You know, so easy. And the greens, like, you know, they grow yeah, they constantly, grow right? So you yep. just keep on snipping and cutting. So being able to do that, looking into a farm share and sharing it with other people because they have so many vegetables. Yeah. People Great are like, suggestion. Oh, yeah, I can't yep. even go through all of them. I know. You know? Yeah, we jarred ours a couple of years ago. See? We still have them upstairs in our pantry. Which is great, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, you know, super healthy, right? It's a... Mm-hmm. Uh, a low impact on the environment because you're buying local, right? right and right. you're <laughs> supporting the local economy. Yeah, so, yeah. No, you know, that's, that's good. And then I would say that if you're going to, if you're strapped for, you know, ca- uh, cash and you're like, well, buying everything organic, oftentimes, yeah. like even you're buying the organic snack foods, like that all adds up. So, mm. you know, maybe say really limit the kind of snack foods that you're eating. And quite frankly, if you're going to get, you know, potato chips or whatever, or popcorn or something, maybe you don't have to spend the money on organic because it's kind of not the healthiest food. I mean, I know you're yeah. making healthy by doing organic. <laughs> you're already eating junk yeah, food. Don't right, even try. Exactly, right? <laughs> organic chocolate. I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, yeah. oh, if that's you, funny. you know, if you have endless amount of money, then you could do all organic. But if right. you're like, no, I want to, you know, what, what should I concentrate on? So, you know, organic dairy, mm-hmm. like your meat, you know, right. sources. So and I think grass-fed, right? Grass-fed, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, one of the quotes that Michael Pollan, uh, an author, um, has, you know, said is, you know, you are what you eat, mm-hmm. eats, right? Yeah. So, yep. you know, I mean, we're eating now animals that have been slaughtered kind of usually in cruel and inhumane ways. They have a lot of adrenaline and, you know, fear and surge, like, at the time of, you know, being slaughtered, right? Keep going. You know, and you're like, oh, my God. And yeah. Like, they're being fed corn. You yeah. know, back, you know, like in the 1950s, everything was grass fed. You, know, mm. you didn't have to label it as being grass fed. It was already you know, understood. And organic, right? Yeah. It pretty much. And your ancestors, like my grandparents didn't. And what was or, everything was organic, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. And there was a time of the year when you would be able to eat lamb or certain, you know, the beef would, you know, right. be more readily available because there's a certain season of, you know, birth. When they're, right, yeah. exactly. And then the amount of time it takes for them to grow to maturity before they're slaughtered and now like everything is grown kind of year round and you pump them with corn yeah you know and pesticides and stuff so the the meat isn't as healthy so as if you can even you know do um buy locally like i think so, there's um something I, I think in uh off of wheeler's farm road in milford that i think they sell like mm-hmm. half a cow or whatever you know kind oh, of more okay. you know yeah. grass-fed type of beef or you know, um, in, investing a little bit in some of this, you know, organic or, you know, uh, grass-fed kind right. of um, protein if you're going to eat animals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the, the hormones and stuff that we're putting in there are, are causing, you can even see changes. I think the girls are developing a lot sooner, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and also then with the, the produce, like the vegetables and stuff like that. Right. Like, now if you have a banana, because the peel is thick, I, by all means, get an organic banana. But if you right. like, if you had to choose between that and organic lettuce, I or organic strawberries, which have you know the soft skin, which yeah. everything kind of permeate, I would yeah. choose to spend my money on the organic strawberries and be like, I'll just buy the regular banana. Okay, know? yeah, because when you peel it, you're just eating exactly. What's inside, it's the even right. thing with like the avocado, right? Like you can. Mm-hmm. Right. What about? Because someone else said this to me. Um, I mentioned that to me mm-hmm. and. And then I'm always like, I'm a thinker. Yeah, so yeah. then I'm like, okay, well, what if, this is my what if. <laughs> so if there if there's pesticides on the banana mm-hmm. and then it rains. Yep, yep. And then the pesticide runs off, I'm assuming, mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. the soil. Does yes. it get 
you know, mm-hmm. pulled up through the plant again, through the soil, and then is the inside of the banana. Absolutely. <laughs> no, and you know, this is an excellent question because this yeah. is why a lot of people are so, you know, passionate about, you know, environmental issues yeah. because even if they're doing organic, like if your rainwater is contaminated mm-hmm. with arsenic and other pollution, there, the air you, quality, yeah. the soil, yep. if we're like, you know, pretty much beating the earth to death and, you know, high production, high production, not giving the earth a chance to kind of breathe and recuperate and what have you. And you're having, you know, soil that's deficient in good, you know, nutrients, nutrients, then absolutely. You know, so then those plants, so that's why, you know, environmental, yeah, exactly. Environmental issues really, really matter too. Yeah. It's important too. Yeah. It's, it's a whole cycle. It is. (laughs) It is absolutely all kind of connected, right? Yeah. What would you say is the number one thing people should focus on no matter which diet they have? I think that most of the time people are so um, judgmental about mm-hmm. themselves and their their diet and their foods and appearance and, and weight and everything. And that I think that no matter what kind of food plan or lifestyle that you're choosing, um, that you're choosing something with the goals of I want to give myself the best nutrients and the best fuel so I can live my best life mm-hmm. and be at my most optimal health, you know? Right. Um, it's it's fine if people are choosing to pursue a certain kind of diet plan to, to lose weight. And, mm-hmm. and certainly we do know that obesity carries its own risks. But yeah. oftentimes people are so rigid and they become a little a little obsessive yeah. about the foods and there's a lot of guilt mm-hmm. and a lot of shame yeah um and even sometimes the obsession um uh, they call it orthorexia and obsession so it's not anorexia but orthorexia like an obsession with like absolute perfect clean eating mm. like all of the time yeah you know so um i think that to be kind of kind to yourself and to pay attention to what you're eating and and and, and to really be very mindful about I'm doing this as um, the treat eating almost as something sacred. Like yes. here I am having the opportunity to nourish myself. You know, I, who has maybe time to go for weekly massages or maybe get our nails done or to do whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even taking a hike or something healthy. Sometimes these things take time and people get busy. Right. But, you know, we all need to take time to eat. And even if it's not every meal, mm-hmm. even if it's, you know, one meal once a week, one meal a day or whatever, where you can actually really take in the food, mm-hmm. feel gratitude for the ability to eat for right. being alive for mm-hmm. all everything that I took from the time it was planted yes. or raised to get to your door and yep. you have the resources to pay the money for it. I love that because when you we know? started growing our garden and all the effort, it, isn't and, we, it? <laughs> and we had like you know we we our first garden we produced a lot and like I said we ended up jarring most of our tomatoes, yeah. but now when I eat. I do not want to throw anything out. Right. I save the littlest bit. If yes. if I'm not, you know, if I if I'm full, you know, I, I we're gonna save this little bit here, and then I end up, and then I end up eating it, you know, later on in the week or something. But I I try so hard not to throw out the food because now I know the effort because I've done it exactly right. Yeah. And yeah. you have that gratitude and that connection, right? And I think that if you're really being mindful and being like, I'm just. I am here not because, and I'm eating this not because I'll be a better person if I'm skinnier, you know what I mean, or what have you, but I am here because I just want to, I respect, 
I honor my body. Mm-hmm. I want to, it's a gift, you know, yes. health is a gift and my being here is a gift and I'm going to treat the eating as you know, a sacred. And of course, there's times when you're going to have fast food. And I think in general, if 80, 90% mm-hmm. of the time, right, yeah. you are making choices that are in alignment with your goal of having good nutrition yeah. and good health, you're doing fine because no one is perfect. It's all about progress right, right? It is. yeah i just was talking about that um maybe yesterday i don't even know the days anymore but yeah. um you know practice makes progress yes and i think that's important for a lot of people to hear especially because we live in a world of perfectionism exactly and right? i think people have to understand not to be so hard on yourself and you know just do what you think is best for yourself but don't like make up excuses yeah, yeah. exactly don't be like oh these lucky charms are yeah. really good for me right <laughs> yeah, now right, because right, right. you know i got a flat tire or something like exactly you, know, you have to be right. true to yourself and honest and make good choices exactly and yeah. i think that if we don't beat ourselves up you know so much you know yeah. if we do something like an occasional like lapse in, in, in judgment or mm-hmm. eat something that we know we don't feel good about but you know what it you know it it's okay. You know, try maybe, again tomorrow. Try again tomorrow. Yeah. And I think that part of the thing is that when we come to the, when we're kind of battling, mm-hmm. you know, with food and look at it as an enemy or what have you, um, oftentimes that creates a very, very much of a stress response. Yeah. So when you have increased stress, it raises the cortisol. There's more inflammation, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to tend to make poor food choices. It's going to, you know, even the inflammation and the increased cortisol and metabolism decreases. You end up, you know, craving more sweets and salty foods it's yeah. along the whole process. So if there's a time when you maybe don't make the best choice, you drank too much, you ate too much, <laughs> like whatever, like it happens. They yeah. say like instantly forgive yourself. Yep. Just be like, that's it. It's okay. Because like, your mind will control your body, how your body feels. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and you want to live life in a way, at least in respect to food, but in, in many other things too, with a I choose versus I can't. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, well, I can't have that donut because that will make me fat. Right. Right. Yeah. Or I choose not to have that donut this time. Maybe there are other times I will, depending on the situation. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but I choose to have, yeah. uh, I choose to not eat that because I don't want to feel sluggish. I don't want to feel yep. whatever. I have diabetes. I don't want to be on more medications. Exactly. You know, I don't yeah. want to feel achy or feel like in a fog. So that's kind of more supportive of being able to sustain a right. lifestyle of being right. affirmative. Like, I choose this because I'm choosing health versus, right. like, I can't have this because mm. if I do this, then I'll be a failure right. if a I lot do. Of, a lot of people, when, when Nick and I went vegan, you know, sometimes it comes up, and this is natural, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I love my friends and family, and we're all we're all in this together. You know, I'm vegan now. Who knows where I'll be next yeah. month? But um, I think that sometimes they're like, oh, well, you can't have that. Like, oh, you can't have this, sorry. I'm like, I can have whatever I want. Yes, exactly. I can have that donut. Maybe next week I will. Right, exactly, right? Yeah, but right now I don't need it because I already eat breakfast and I'm not hungry. Exactly, right? That's the difference. And that's very affirmative, you know, and it's it's very, it's able to put yourself into a positive psychology mindset mm-hmm. where you're not um, in a mindset of like scarcity or I can't have that right. or if this happens then I'm going to be bad because I'm going to mm-hmm. gain weight or what this ever oh, this means. Gosh. You know? Yeah, and then it becomes anxiety, I feel like, exactly. after that. Exactly, yeah. and you have all this ex- extra stress mm-hmm. and then you need to self-soothe so that often it's will turn back to food. <laughs> Where's the macaroni and cheese? Right, exactly, right. <laughs> I should have ate three hours ago. I, yeah. <laughs> I need it now. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so then people get into this love-hate kind of tug-of-war with food mm-hmm. and you want 
want to develop a positive, no matter what kind of food plan fits you in terms of, again, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. What are the results when I eat this? Like, right. is it something that makes me feel like I'm able to be at my best self? Right. So whatever, when you find what that is and you, you know, stay with it. And if you have to deviate every once in a while, that's okay. Like yeah. things, things happen and just be like, I'm always choosing nutrition and health, not because you know, I'm looking at this from I can't have. Right. You know, right. or I shouldn't have. Yeah, very good point. Um, I think you've probably already answered this question, oh, but uh, in one or two sentences, how does having a well-balanced diet support a blissful life? Um, there is a strong mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. So what you put in will absolutely affect your mood, and your mood can affect your thoughts. So it's all connected. When you're putting in foods that are optimized for your health, that aren't going to cause inflammation, you're going to be able to make sure that your brain as well as your emotions are at the most optimal. As anyone who's had sugar Mm. and notice like the crash of the high and the low, Mm -hmm. you know, or you see kids become hyperactive or even, um, you know, reacting to other type of really highly processed foods. You are what you eat really Mm -hmm. does, you know, apply. So um, never discount how your body and your mind communicate in a two-way street. Mm -hmm. Great. I love that. In my first episode, I asked myself seven questions. Before we began, I showed Dr. Ju the seven questions, and she chose to answer, what's the most daring thing you've ever done? (laughs) So, um... I don't know if other people will find it daring, but for me, it was quite (laughs) daring because, you know, I had, you know, you work with with patients. I was doing solo, you know, primary care, and um, I had, at that time, only one, you know, support staff. And I wanted to be able to find something that I could connect with people outside of the work setting because that's, you know... We hold another conversation for a different day, but yeah, like the yeah. importance of like connection and community mm-hmm. for not only emotional health, but even how it affects the physical health. And so, it, um, you know, I thought, well, you know, I you know, play the piano, but I don't really, you know, I'm not well enough to be in a band <laughs> per se, and I like to yeah. dance, but like, again, it's been a while. So I saw, um, back in 2010, an ad in like the Milford Mirror, and it was like, open auditions for for a play, and it was uh. like, <laughs> I think it was a Broadway bound, a Broadway, I forget what it was, it's, I'm blanking on it, but it was by Neil Simon, and I was like, why the heck not? Like, I had never acted before in my entire life, and I went there, and they were like, show me your resume, and I'm like, nothing, like, you didn't do anything in high school? I'm like, nope, nope, and they're like, headshot, nope, like, everything, they're like, okay, like, and I didn't even know at that point, like, basic terminology, like, what is stage right, or stage left, what's upstage, what's downstage, like, any of that, but... I really liked, you know, meeting all these other very creative people, mm-hmm. and as I got cast and stuff, it was, it became a challenge because it kind of really, it, it does embrace like this mindfulness thing that I, journey that I've been on, mm-hmm. where you have to be in the moment, right? You can't be anal- like overly analyzing what you know, other people think of you. You have to be like, what would that character think, right? Ooh, yeah. And to delve and really learn to listen to the other people on the stage and how they're delivering lines, because if they say something a little differently, like then that might alter your response a little yes. bit. You're like, oh, I have to pay attention. Or if they drop yeah. a line, okay, I have to, I should really be listening. So I can pick up. Pick it up. Yeah. Or maybe alter it a little bit. If they called another character by the wrong name, you're like, well, that 
person's name is not Olivia, yeah. but I guess it is now. <laughs> like, or whatever. Or even, yeah. like, just make a joke or kind of, you know, be able to, you know, catch that and write the ship. Yeah. Like, to be able to, the art of being able to listen to people, mm-hmm. to be present, um, to, you know, get it in and analyze and be like, okay, that's a, you know, this person is not me, but how are they, this is how they kind of look at it. This is how their perspective is. Yeah. And being able to understand, like, huh, that's what, you know, that's what, how people's, you know, what are their motivations, right? right? So there's a lot of psychology in there, mm. a lot of analysis, a lot of, you know, being in the moment, really being kind of in the body versus like, you know, everything in the head, like really right. kind of embodying that whole character uh, has been really interesting, but it was like <laughs> frightening the first couple of times. Yeah. And even up to like a couple of years ago, I'd have massive stage fright. I'd be like, oh, it's a volunteer Why thing. Why did this? no one make yeah. me do this? <laughs> I'm sitting there doing mindful, deep breathing, yeah. and like victory pose, like off yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. or whatever <laughs> but like you learn so much right yeah. and you grow and you and you get to really meet all sorts of different people and it's really kind of I met people from all over the state as I do mm-hmm. stuff in different you know theaters Good and you, you you read stuff you never would have like a yeah. different script so yeah. that was definitely daring people were like you're <laughs> acting like I'm doing like, everything you're, right? <laughs> you're quitting your day job I'm like no, no I'm not quitting no. my day job yeah, yeah. but it's an artistic expression mm-hmm. which I think you know I would encourage most people to you know explore like you know, avenues of creativity because right. I think we all have that it's yes. untapped and we're always like am I good enough is it perfect enough yeah. like yeah no oh, just cool. go and have fun and be in that experience so that was that was definitely my most daring I'd have to say I'm so glad you did that I you know trying for me doing this podcast is something new and exciting yes. and you know I've been doing it for a couple of weeks now but it's you know, I still, I still get nervous when I, you know, interview people and, but I love it. Like, I'm so happy I'm doing this and I get to meet really interesting people and I'm really excited about that. This has been extremely informing and I am sure the listeners would like me to thank you, Dr. (laughs) Ju, for all of your advice and expertise today. My pleasure. And if people would like to learn more about you, where can they find you? You know, the, at this point, probably the easiest part is if they would like to email me, I can give okay. you my email address. Sure, um, you can tell us and I can add it to the uh, the, the episode section in the front. Sounds good. Yeah. It's a genju1 at yahoo.com. So J-E-N-J-U, the number one, at yahoo.com. So I'd be happy to you know have people keep in touch and let me know what their thoughts are and what worked and what didn't and what maybe other topics they may be interested in me having. Oh, that would be great. Yes. If you have any other suggestions for Dr. Jew and I, I would love to hear about that too. Yeah. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at amy2 underscores Abraham dot, not dot com. (laughs) Um, But you could also email me at amyabrahambliss at gmail.com. And you could also find me on my website, amyabraham.com. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. It's been great. Thanks so much for having yeah, me. This I is really great. appreciate it.